passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, everybody. It is John Pollock and Wei Ting. It's Wednesday. There is no Rewinded Dynamite today. Uh, as every single AEW wrestler, I think, on the roster reminded you on Twitter today, uh, there is no Dynamite tonight. It will be on Saturday. Uh, but Wei and I are here anyway because, boy, there is lots of news to discuss. So we are going to do the news segment uh, today in place of Rewinded Dynamite. The news doesn't stop. You know, even though NBA might be kicking uh, other things off, the news does not end. It does not. I, I had that thought in my mind the other day of we were going to do this. I was like, man, what if, there's, what if there's no news that day? And stupid me. Uh, so let's get into everything. Uh, we're we're going to talk about the NXT conference call. I actually want to start with this story, Way that was uh, r- reported on by the OutKick outlet uh, several other places confirming it and it was basically confirmed by Paul Levesque today on the call and that is the pending departure of Renee Young from WWE uh, this report stated that she had handed in her notice uh, she's expected uh, to be working at least through SummerSlam weekend uh, we don't know when her end date will be I th- this is not one that shocks me I have always thought that Renee Young would not be a lifer in WWE and I just think that her ceiling is so high outside of wrestling. Um, but let's make no bones about it. I think it's a tremendous loss for WWE of someone who did so many different roles and did them very effectively over the past eight years. Completely, completely. I mean, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, you've seen so many people in these positions come and go over the years. And really, I would say only a handful of them do. I think, you know, um, the the audience generally talk about um with such i don't know um positivity you know it's a it's a role that is met with a great deal of skepticism from you know you know a, a bar that's been set really high you know by people that have done this job in the past but you know ever since renee uh debuted in this role um it's been unanimous praise and and it's all been very well deserved because she not only you know fulfills the role of somebody who um does like you know joining me at this time really well but she also brings a great deal of her own personality into it um she makes things sound natural and is just uh, somebody who it was exceptional honestly in the role and someone who just seems you know just from the outpouring and this is not just limited to uh today or like you can tell that this is someone that's extremely popular in that company uh mm-hmm. with, with everybody i mean she just had such a great um 
you know, just positive reception from so many people in that company that have worked with her. I would say the most challenging part of this run was that period where she was thrown onto commentary on Raw, which is really being thrown into the deep end. She had done the NXT commentary, and I think it's one of those things that if we had heard her maybe in a different non-WWE setting, I think she might sound completely different. I think that that is she it's has. very hard. Like talking Spanish. Uh, well, I mean, calling like oh, providing color as, a, as opposed to like her interviewing skills are outstanding. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of speculation about where Renee Young goes next. I I would say that it, it to me would somewhat be surprising if she stayed within wrestling. I just think that her her talents are recognized by people outside of wrestling. And I could really see her landing, whether it be in a uh, like at a sports network at a just a major cable outlet. I could see her certainly landing somewhere big outside of the wrestling world. Absolutely. You know, uh, I think several years uh, earlier, we all wouldn't have been surprised if she announced a a departure from wrestling onto something else. And uh, certainly, you know, people are going to speculate about whether or not she'll be joining her husband in AEW. But, uh, you know, if I was Renee, like that market is, is way bigger than just, you know, AEW. That, that will probably be interested in her services. I mean, the big question, of course, is are are other companies hiring at this time? You know, are TV networks at a time where, they're, you know, they're they're really scaling back and not necessarily hiring new faces? Uh, but all that said, you know, I, whoever does choose to hire her, I think uh, she would be, she would probably be a really good fit. I would imagine that she probably has her next uh, landing spot all figured out because I don't think she would have been leaving if she didn't have that that piece of the puzzle uh, to connect all of this uh, towards. In, in some ways, she kind of reminds me of Daniel Cormier in that Daniel Cormier could spend the rest of his career doing UFC work, and he's super popular. He's very good. But I just see the, the ceiling is so high for him outside of just UFC. And I, I think the same with Renee Young, that that's um, – She's just got such a, oh, you know, she's 34 years old. And I think that she could go many, many places. She's a, an extreme talent. It's a big loss for WWE. And since backstage got, you know, uh, you know, pulled from FS1, hasn't really been much of a, a role for her. Uh, of course, she did have uh, COVID-19 recently, but she's really just been limited to those kickoff shows on on Zoom or Skype, whatever their uh, technology of choices. But I assume we will see her on Sunday's kickoff. Like seeing her uh, recent couple of years in the company has been somewhat interesting in that, like she's clearly too talented just for, you know, one of these backstage roles where she's just reading script uh, commentary. They tried, but it wasn't necessarily good fit for her. Um, and then, you know, it, it seemed like there were various projects that she was attached to that never really caught um, like really got off the ground at a great deal. The the exception, of course, being Talking Smack, which I think audiences, if you watch, you really enjoyed. Uh, but for whatever reason, they decided to take that one off. And, you know, Renee was not shy to uh, express her displeasure with that publicly. Um, but then, you know... Which is kind of interesting because Mike Johnson just had that report that they may be bringing Talking Smack back. But mm. I would say if you are Renee and you have your, your next uh, step in your career plotted out, I don't think Talking Smack is changing your outlook no not at all um yeah you know it's not everybody who works for the wwe has the options that renee has 
you know, uh, many people who work for this company can exclusively only work in other professional wrestling uh, platforms. Uh, but Renee doesn't doesn't have that restriction. She can go into other sports. She can go into any form of really television hosting uh, if she desires. So, um, you know, 34 is is still young. Absolutely. But, you know, especially for female anchors, um, that clock ticks a lot faster than um, male anchors. And so uh, I'm sure all these things are, are under consideration. And uh, if, you know, now is as good of a time as ever to make a make a jump. Do you expect them to give any kind of on-air send-off to her, or do you feel it will be she does her last show, and then maybe online they'll they'll put some little video or something for her? Kind of what they did with, you know, when, when Kathy Kelly left NXT, they kind of made a, a little bit of a deal of it on online. But do you see, Renee, again, Renee was extremely popular there, I guess. Do, do they acknowledge this uh, when she does her final show? Um, I... It's an interesting question. I don't necessarily see them referencing it online. Uh, it doesn't just it really seem to be their style, you know, and wishing somebody well in their future endeavors um, on their actual TV product. Uh, but online, for sure, I could definitely see something, a tweet or something like that. It's also the end of the Renee Young name, I guess. You think so? You think she she probably can't keep it? It's not her name, so. So what does she go by, Paquette or Good? Probably Good. Yeah, I would think. Sure, so we will find out. Um, NXT held their uh, their call with the media today uh, ahead of Takeover. So I was on the call, and we we got some notes here, uh, courtesy of Paul Levesque. Uh, just segueing from that last topic, it was brought up uh, about Renee, and Levesque just say he was not going to comment on Renee's status. He's going to let her address that, uh, but was very complimentary of all of her work over the past eight years. So without confirming it, seemed to confirm it. Sure. Uh, other things brought up, uh, he said they were happy to be staying at Full Sail University when asked about, you know, Ron Smackdown at the Amway Center and, you know, did note several times it's a partnership they have with Full Sail University. So it was maybe not even an option for NXT to be leaving if they have this agreement uh, at Full Sail. But uh, they're continuing to run there, including TakeOver on Saturday. Uh, Jason Powell of uh, ProWrestling.net uh, brought up the accusations uh, against Patrick Clark, noting that one of the accusers uh, online had stated that he was not contacted by the company and asked if they would be contacting them. And if the investigation is still open, uh, I would say this is the one question that uh, Paul Levesque uh, was not able to hide his discomfort with and just wanted to move on. He just said, uh, you know, we took the allegations very seriously. We didn't find anything there. And, he just wanted to move on to other topics. That's literally what he said. So not really addressing um, that aspect of the story. And I, as I said, I don't imagine that Paul Levesque is going to be talking about this any further unless he's pressed by reporters in future interviews. No, I don't see it either. Uh, it's it's one of those things where, quite honestly, like 90%, 95% of the answers you give will 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 be you know, scrutinized and deemed inappropriate by whoever is hearing it. So I, I don't blame him for feeling that discomfort. I mean, you know, even us having to talk about a topic like this with so little that's really known, um, it's it's not exactly easy. So I understand. Um, yeah, like I, I don't know where um, where this goes from here. I mean, it's 
it's a lingering topic when you see someone who had made accusations state, hey, I was never contacted. And it leaves, I think it just leaves people uncomfortable about, you know, is, I think people want some definitive end to this and they're not uh, getting it. And I guess as well, uh, we haven't really heard from Patrick Clark uh, talk about this other than that denial back in April. Um, he uh, goes on several other, other topics, uh, looking into different technology and all different avenues about how they can uh, get back to traveling, going to other places. He said that every option for a location for SummerSlam was on the table and said that running it on a boat uh, had about as good a chance as every other idea that was pitched, but noted it's not so easy to run a show on a boat. And I was waiting for Chris Jericho to have a follow-up question to that. Sure. Yeah. Um, it can be done, I, but it, it, very maybe. difficult. I, I don't think we will downplay uh, the difficulty, especially if they were to try and do it live on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Orlando it is. Orlando it is at the Amway Center. Uh, no update on Lars Sullivan. Uh, Dave Meltzer asked about uh, whether there was a new head writer on NXT. And this story, I had first uh, caught wind about this over the weekend and had been asking around trying to find out. But um, Ringside News actually reported this on Wednesday that Joe Belcastro, who had been the head writer on NXT since 2016, was leaving the company. Uh, I have heard the same from several people. And uh, Paul Levesque said he was not going to address any specific people that are not on-air talent, but said... Uh, you know, it's always uh, a group of people that are in that uh, that process, uh, naming Shawn Michaels and Road Dog, and said for us, it's business as usual. So never brought up Joe Belcastro's name, but that would seem to give credence to Joe Belcastro either already leaving or about to leave. I, I haven't got the specifics if he's actually officially left yet or is about to leave, but that would seem to confirm that and again he had been the head writer since 2016 so that's 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 not a minor change to the creative process of nxt interesting yeah i mean you know just as a fan it's really tough to know exactly how much one person might be responsible for um so i guess it'll be reflected in the product whether or not we see any sort of major change yeah, uh, he, he had been with the company in other capacities going back to 2013, and he had been promoted all the way up to, like, he, he had a VP title uh, in all of this as well. So uh, that will be something interesting uh, to watch out. Was very high on carrying Cross, and uh, was asked about Raw Underground, said that if you see an NXT talent in one of these segments, it doesn't mean they're now on Raw, but thinks that it's a unique opportunity for some talent with a with that background who can pull off the style to show that off and finally talked about Pat McAfee and called the guy a natural he said that he few people have come to NXT as athletically gifted as he does has a lot of charisma and now the rest is on him uh noting that uh this Saturday the match with Adam Cole uh, he's going to be in the ring with one of the most gifted guys on their roster so that that helps things and uh, then also talked about Bronson Reed a bit, but th those were the uh, the subjects covered. Uh, at the end of this uh, particular show, we are going to tack on the entire conference call with Paul Levesque if you want to listen to it as well. But to, there you go. To hear him say that about Pat McAfee um, definitely gives me a lot more optimism for you know the confidence that they might have in in his ability uh, as a pro wrestler, and that you know hopefully we're not just going to see your standard celebrity wrestling match. 
um, and that we're going to maybe see a bit more from Pat McAfee that, uh, you know, it's really difficult, of course, to reach a takeover standard, especially if you've never had a public pro wrestling match before. Um, but I have to imagine somebody like Hunter is careful enough about their own image that they wouldn't want to embarrass themselves with somebody who, you know, would completely shit the bed. Uh, so it definitely at least has me a bit more curious. I'm not negative on this idea at all. Like, I'm curious to see the match. It's, you know, you're not, you know, it's not Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano, but in its own way, I mean, it's a, it's a really intriguing match to watch to see what they can pull off. And, you know, for Pat McAfee, I think you look at, like, here's a guy that he's not coming out of nowhere and doing this and doesn't quite understand what WWE or NXT is. He does. And, you know, the guy's a great athlete. And I, I think that it's, something that I think they're going to do a very good job with it. I have that much uh, faith in Adam Cole. And I think that Pat McAfee is going to be game for anything because he knows what a match on takeover consists of and what the expectation is. And let's be honest, like we're going into a takeover that I would say much like the in your house one, which turned out to be a very good show. I'm sure this will be a very good show as well, but um, whether it's being in the empty arena setting or just the state of where NXT is, it's, it to me is several rungs below the usual buzz you would have going into a takeover. Like I can't say that the Saturday show is one that you're uh, counting down the hours until. That's how I feel personally. Uh, but do you have a sense of like how much perhaps mainstream uh, attention Pat McAfee's involvement might be getting? I mean, we're days out from it. I've seen, I've seen him doing, I haven't seen anything with him. If anything, Paul Levesque has done the most profile high profile thing uh, because he was on Bill Simmons podcast on Wednesday, but Pat McAfee, like I'm sure he's talking about it on his show, but I, I don't think that is necessarily uh, penetrating the mainstream bubble. Uh, and I don't, again, I don't know if Pat McAfee is necessarily that, that name that is going to get a ton of press from, uh, I mean, he was on ESPN. They did do the thing on get out. So that happened a few weeks ago. Uh, it, it does not feel to me like this is a match that has reached the, the non NXT fan. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, you know, but either way, it's, you know, if they have this thing that's that's on their lap um, and Adam Cole simply has, you know, no other real opponents right now, uh, I guess it's worth a shot. And if it goes well, they might extend things with Pat McAfee. Yeah, sure. OK, we have more on the Sonya Deville story and. A warning ahead of time. There's some very uh, disturbing details to all of this uh, that went down over the weekend. So on on Monday, uh, Daria Baronetto, Sonia Deville, um, she wrote uh, a petition uh, to get uh, stalking protection. Uh, this was filed on Monday against uh, Philip Thomas, the man who broke into her home over the weekend. And in it... Uh, she ended up like coming face to face with him and wrote, uh, this is when I realized this person was not here to rob me. He was there to hurt me. Uh, Thomas was, uh, this is from Andrew Thompson's uh, rundown on the site. Thompson was holding a knife and pepper spray when he approached her. Daria went to bed around 1 a.m. and it was at 2.41 that her alarm went off. Uh, she ran to the keypad near her garage, which showed that one of the doors was open. Daria then went to another part of her home, uh, which her friend was in to wake said individual up. And the guest in her home was revealed to be uh, Mandy Rose. And they proceeded to leave. And uh, Daria then brought up Philip Thomas's name on her Instagram and found an abundance of messages from him sent to her that go back to early 2019. Uh, one of the accounts 
without a profile picture, messaged her at midnight on Sunday stating, uh, look outside, baby, by your pool. I'm here. I'm going to kill that little bitch you have inside with you. Uh, she was also messaged on July 5th uh, that this user had found her home address. And these were all messages that, you know, had just gone kind of like unfiltered. I mean, you know, she states that she gets thousands of messages from people she doesn't follow. So did not see these. The prosecution motion added the following. The defendant admitted that his intention was to take Mrs. Baronado hostage by spraying her with pepper spray, binding her hands with the zip ties and wrapping duct tape around her arms to prevent from fighting back. He stated that he intended to keep Mrs. Baronado hostage, preventing her from attending a planned event schedule for the following week, and that he was not going to leave her residence without her answering all of his questions. Um, this is just one of the more frightening stories. Uh, we talked about this on Monday. Um, there's a hearing scheduled for Thursday. I cannot imagine how they would allow this individual to post bail and be let out for any reason. I agree. Um very horrifying details and you know we can i guess all like breathe like we can look back at this and like as it's just a new story that we can study but man like there we could be like we could have been talking about uh just far 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 worse of course um like god forbid man. that alarm had not gone off like this was this was someone that was they were there to do absolute harm and oh, yeah. it's like really uh, like shocking that it was not worse because this could have been a real tragedy. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how like shaken up uh, these two must be to have gone through this on Sunday. I mean, honestly, that's the thing. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's unfortunately one of these things that I'm sure will just linger with, with somebody um, and may, and really like, make them paranoid probably for a long time to come. So do you, do you think that they would even perform on Sunday? I think they would leave it up to the two of them. I would say like my, my, my instinct would be that the two have would, would like to do this. It's probably a good distraction from, from this. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, I would absolutely leave it to them to, Hey, if, if we don't want to do this on Sunday, we will postpone this to whenever I I'm sure the company would not, have any hesitation if they were not comfortable doing it. Uh, but, but I would think that they're, if they do go ahead with, with SummerSlam, I can understand that thinking that you just want to take your mind off of things with your work and just consume yourself with something other than this, because uh, not, not working it, it may be even worse. So I completely mm -hmm. would leave it up to the two of them to decide if they're uh, willing to go ahead with it. It would be completely understandable if they were not ready to, to work on Sunday. Absolutely. Agreed. And really Friday, because that's they both presumably be on TV on Friday. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any of the videos going around of the Thunderdome? I have, yeah. I saw one of them. Um, it looks pretty cool. Like, I'm really intrigued to see this on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, tough to tell, you know, what it'll, it'll look like once everything is in place. But feels very similar to like a raw set, but maybe a little bit condensed. And of course, you know, the big feature being the LED boards. Uh, we await to see what all that will look like raw ratings from monday night they did a million six hundred and forty three thousand viewers so they were uh, down from the previous two weeks under 1.7 million uh they did a 0.48 in the main demo so that was actually slightly up from last week um they did a million seven thirty in the first hour fell to 1697 in hour two and then 
1,502,000 viewers in the third hour, which would be the second lowest hour in the modern history of Raw. Now, the they did have competition on Monday night in the form. Uh, there were two NBA games. There was the early game that ended midway through Raw, and then the second game, um, both of those doing uh, between 2 and 2.2 million, respectively. There was also the DNC convention that started at 10 o'clock and was covered on uh, three of the four networks, as well as several uh, cable outlets. Uh, CNN carried it, MSNBC. And I think that that could partially explain the the third hour being as down as much as it was with the combination of basketball and the DNC convention. But it was a big, big drop in the third hour, um, especially with the 12 to 34 audience, which was the audience that did so well with Raw Underground two weeks ago. Uh, this week, the losses in the third hour uh, among males 12 to 34 was 16%, with women 36%. Uh, and that was the biggest loss in the third hour. But every demo was down double digits in hour number three. So I think you explain a lot of that with basketball and the DNC convention, but I can't say 100% that is the only contributing factor. And certainly, I feel raw underground. I don't know if it's any kind of a difference maker at this point, but we will... You know, that's that's my assumption on things, but we'll have to see that if it bears out over the coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, anytime they announce one of these gimmicky things, I, I feel like most by this point would assume that it would have some effect for one to two weeks and then afterwards we'd be back to normal. Um, you know, with the last week, with the with the extra competition last week and then um and the extra competition that's to come next week, we might not have as clear of a picture of whether or not something like Raw Underground will hold up. Uh, but then again, they'll just probably come up with another gimmick, you know, gimmick after gimmick after gimmick to try to get people to 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 be curious about the next thing that they have. And this Monday, it might be, uh, as you pointed out in your update, it'll be the follow-up from SummerSlam. It might even be a bit of the Thunderdome stuff itself. So hopefully, uh, you know, maybe they'll, they'll have enough to, like, maintain uh, or at least increase uh, numbers uh, upon this week. Yeah, I mean, next week you've got the start of the RNC convention, and you've and you you are going to be facing NBA for the foreseeable future. So um, they will be coming off SummerSlam though, and especially if there's a big angle to be shot to set up payback, uh, maybe you'll get a bit of a bounce there coming out of uh, SummerSlam. We shall see. NXT tonight, uh, they have the at least on television they have it all to themselves with uh, AEW replaying the first half of All Out on YouTube, and for the show tonight we have. Johnny Gargano against Ridge Holland. This was the match that had to be uh, stopped in the middle of it last week. I'm sure it's going to look seamless tonight. And Finn Balor versus Velveteen Dream. The winners of both those matches will go into the ladder match on Saturday. Uh, Santos Escobar, Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wild against Isaiah Swerve Scott, Tyler Breeze, and Fandango. A promo segment involving Adam Cole and Pat McAfee. And they have added a tag match with Rhea Ripley and Shotzi Blackheart against Mercedes Martinez and Aaliyah. For our, for our TakeOver Go Home show. It's the first of several unopposed NXTs that um, that, that will take place in the uh, next coming several weeks. So uh, we shall see what sort of an effort uh, they put in for this one, what rating it'll get. Um, Certainly I, can't accuse them of hot-shotting this week because this feels like the same episode they would have put if they had competition. Like There's nothing on this show that jumps out at me. And uh, you, you can argue if that's that's... You know, keeping your eyes on takeover, that's our priority. Uh, but at the same time, like this is, 
your first chance to go unopposed on Wednesday night since AEW started. Yeah, so it'll be a good way to really test out what the baseline might be for just your, you know, typical NXT audience if they didn't have uh, the option of choosing over uh, to watch another channel, how many people would choose to strictly watch NXT. Um, you know, Finn Balor versus Velveteen Dream, I think, is a relatively high-profile match, but nah, yeah, nothing here has really gotten the level, the level of buzz as, say, you know, like a Great American Bash or like one of their actually big promoted TV shows. Uh, so, yeah, we shall see. And an update for Canadian viewers. So on Saturday night, uh, we had mentioned TSN2 will be airing Dynamite at 10 p.m. Eastern time. They've now announced that at 6 p.m., you can watch Dynamite on tsn.ca or the TSN app. So you do have the option to watch it live, uh, but you'll have to do it uh, digitally as opposed to on television. Uh, or you can just wait till 10 p.m. So, um, yeah, Canadians don't have to wait till after the fact. All right. Awesome. So John and I will be back on that day uh, with an edition of Rwanda Dynamite probably later on in the evening after we've both seen TakeOver because maybe we'll have a brief chat about some of that as well. Yes, we'll talk about uh, those two as well. And the final thing here, uh, a bunch of UFC fight announcements, uh, the biggest one being Dominic Reyes and Jan uh, Blahowicz will be fighting September 26th at UFC 253 for the now officially vacant UFC light heavyweight title after John Jones vacated the title and has indicated his desire to move up to heavyweight. So that will be on the same card where Israel Adesanya will be defending the middleweight title against Paulo Costa. They've also uh, several reports here. Um, ESPN reporting Brian Ortega is going to fight the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung October 17th. Uh, we've also got Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades for November 28th and... Those are some of the big fights out there. Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades is a difficult fight because it's it's a big fight for both of them. And in theory, would position the winner closer to this title. However, I could very well see that John Jones is going to disrupt any of those plans. And this is going to be a lateral fight for whoever wins this that will still be in line behind Francis Ngannou. And John Jones could leapfrog frog them as well. So... Might be a lose-lose scenario here for these two, but the UFC gets a main event for the end of November. And those are... Oh, and the last one, Halloween, Anderson Silva is coming back at the age of 45 to fight Uriah Hall on Halloween night uh, on the UFC Fight Night card. Uh, I hope this is called UFC Fight Night Trick or Treat. Because I don't know which it'll be for Anderson Silva that night. This is a man who has officially won one fight since he lost the title to Chris Weidman seven years ago. This was supposed to be a match that was supposed to take place in 2016. Anderson Silva and Uriah Hall from That's uh, right. UFC That's right. Yeah, um, where it was going to be the current Anderson Silva against the guy who was once proclaimed the next Anderson Silva. Wow, how fascinating. Um, well, uh that I mean, it's it's certainly perked per, uh, this laps fans' interest. So, uh, cool, awesome. All right, everybody, uh, that's going to wrap things up uh, tonight. Braden Harrington and Davey Portman will be back with up next, and they're going to be unopposed tonight uh, as they will be recapping NXT and looking ahead to Takeover on Thursday. We've and got the British- uh, everybody, you can watch them do that show live at youtube.com slash up next. So subscribe to that. You'll be able to check out all their watch alongs this weekend as well. Yes, we've got the British uh, Wrestling Experience Thursday night with Martin Bushby and the returning Benno. And then Way and I are back Friday night, 10.15 p.m. Eastern Time with Rewind a Thunderdome. Rewind a Thunderdome, okay. Um, 
we could probably come up with a catchier title. Probably. What are you going to do with your Wednesday night? Uh, probably just spend it with my fiance. You know, maybe do a bit of bit of cooking. Um, I'm sure she appreciates the night off. You know what I assembled and uh, used last night for the first time? A barbecue. Damn right. Oh wow. Um, like how big of a barbecue? I mean, uh, your like typical a, size barbecue. Like, like, are we talking like one that stays outside, or is it a portable one? No, not a portable. It's like the the big one you gotta like put together. Like, n- not not like some gigantic like uh, I'm I'm on a reality show cooking meat type of thing, but good size barbecue. Propane. Yes, propane. There is a place right at the end of my street that I can uh, refill the tank with. It's beyond convenient. Are you a big barbecue guy? I am a I am a big barbecue guy. I have that was like my big want when we first moved here, and it's taken two years. We finally, for the longest time, we were going to get gas, and it was just a pain in the ass to uh, get like a gas installation. So we went with the propane tank, just bit the bullet, got it, assembled it on Sunday, and boom, we used it last night. So ribs at John John Pollock's place. Hey, Soon to come. you uh, you just name the time, day, and and mask manufacturer, and we'll, we'll have a barbecue. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, well, thank you, everybody. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this uh, abbreviated version of the show. Uh, But now we're going to throw to the NXT TakeOver uh, media call that happened Wednesday afternoon, and we will speak with you all later this week. And check out postwrestling.com. Thank you very much, and good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Hope everyone's doing well and staying safe. Without any further ado, I'd like to turn things over to WWE's Executive Vice President of Global Talent Strategy and Development, Paul Levesque. Hey, everybody. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. Appreciate the time. As always, we have a lot of international people on the call as well, which I really appreciate. Um, It's an exciting time right now in a lot of ways with everything happening in the world. um, You know, obviously, everybody's still trying to put out content in the most effective way possible and the safest way possible. But a lot of things happening in our world. including tonight's NXT show, which will be extremely good. Um, You've got Finn Balor and Velveteen Dream, Johnny Gargano versus Ridge Holland, both matches uh, for a spot in the North American title ladder match on Saturday at uh, NXT TakeOver 30. Uh, Pat McAfee will be on the show uh, confronting Adam Cole tonight, which will be, I would imagine, verbally explosive and... uh, should be very good. Um, But it leads us all to NXT TakeOver 30 on Saturday. And, you know, it's it's hard to believe that the first TakeOver was May 29th of 2014 from Full Sail. Um, Ironically, here we are back again at Full Sail. But in the meantime, we've done major arenas sold out across the board from Brooklyn to London to major events in, in Japan and everywhere else. And, um, it's been amazing to see that growth since the very beginning. And I think I had said probably on one of these calls in the very beginning that if uh, it, the success up front was one thing for me, um, if we were still doing this, you know, five, six years from now, then I would feel uh, happy about it and, and feel like we succeeded. Um, and I feel that way. I feel like uh, here we are, again, hard to believe, Uh, NXT TakeOver 30, the excitement for the talent, for the fans, I believe, still feels just as as big, and um, people are buzzing about it. And when you look at the card across the board, it's it's easy to see why 
when you have moments like the rivalry that has built for a couple of years between Adam Cole and Pat McAfee, who, you know, Pat McAfee, a very interesting personality coming out of the football world, but having a very clear interest in this um, industry and being part of the WWE and the sports entertainer and um, has made that very clear. Um, you know, anytime you bring in somebody from the outside, it's clear why you are doing it. And if you want to look at Pat as somebody from the outside, you, you know, it's clear why you're doing it. There's a lot of press around it. Um, ESPN get up and, and all the press that comes around it and all that opportunity to bring in fresh eyeballs. Same point in time, um, you have a lot of purists that, that run the risk of saying why. And I believe that Pat will show you why. I truly believe that. This is not a, uh, a one-off He'll do okay. He'll do a little something. This is Pat McAfee showing the world um, why he wants to be in this and why he wants to do it. And there's no better person for him, him to be in that ring with than Adam Cole. And I think they're going to shock a lot of people and um, and open some eyeballs. Um, this is a, a big sleeper match for me of, of what is going to be in this. And it's going to be one that you don't want to miss. You have uh, the North American title match that we talked about with that level of talent in there. When you start talking about, you know, Priest and Bronson Reed and Cameron Grimes, guys that are really coming into their own um, and and establishing themselves as that next wave of talent. And that's what NXT is always about. It's always that next wave of talent that's right around the corner um, coming in that will be that those next main event plays, and you clearly see this here with all the momentum of Priest, Bronson, Grimes, it'll be spectacular. Io Shirai, for me, arguably, uh, and, and certainly one of, if not the best in-ring uh, female performers in the world right now. Um, she's always had that ability, and she's really kind of uh, sort of come into her own character-wise and everything else. Um, with Dakota Kai, who really in the last year has, I think, opened up a lot of eyes to how good she actually is. And then to me, the one that uh, I can't wait to see and that's been building massively and just has that big fight buzz aura and feel is Keith Lee coming in with all the momentum in the world, the greatest probably 2019 of anybody, um, all the momentum in the world coming in as double champion and, um, you know, relinquishing the North American title, but but just having that NXT banner to face the unstoppable so far, Karrion Cross, um, the aura around this one to me is um, on par with anything we've ever done, and and uh, the anticipation is high. So with that, I am going to uh, open it up to questions from all of you, and again, thank you for participating. Hey, guys, um, because we have a lot of international media on the call, we'll keep it to one question per hour, please. Thank you. All right, thank you. If you'd like to ask a question at this time, you signal us by pressing star 1 on your telephone keypad. If you're using a speakerphone today, please make sure your mute function is turned off to allow your signal to reach us. Once again, that's star 1 to ask a question. Our first question right now from Brian Fritz from BetweenTheRocks.com. Works.com. Hey, Paul. So we know WWE is moving to Amway Center for the Thunderdome presentation, but NXT is not going there. What went into the decision to keep NXT a full sale? 
And will there be any upgrades to the presentation of NXT similar to what we'll see at Thunderdome? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, right now with trying to move SmackDown, SummerSlam, Raw, um, for the foreseeable future to Amway Center and, and all the undertaking that is happening there, um, I'm very happy to be staying as spectacular and, and, uh, and I've seen it um, in various forms here, as spectacular as that is going to be the Thunderdome. I feel like they have enough on their hands right now. Our partnership with Full Sail to me is uh, probably one of the most important partnerships we have, and I and I love it there. And um, right now we're there in this environment right now today with everything that's happening. Um, you can never say never. So um, we'll see where that all goes. And you know, obviously on Friday night everybody's going to get to see uh, their first shot of the Thunderdome. And I can tell you personally, for me, I mean, I can't tell you how much we've missed everyone, our fans, everyone, just seeing everyone and, and having them be a part of it. And um, that energy, it's the secret sauce of everything we do. I cannot wait to get them back, whether that's on video or in any other way possible. Um, so the sooner we can do that, the better. And that's for every single thing we do. Uh, you know, we we are, uh, WWE fans are, are everything to us. So um, I look forward to that. But for the foreseeable future, staying in um, – in full sale, or, or at least for the immediate futures where we're at, and we'll see where everything goes. Again, we're we're figuring all this out just like everyone else is day by day, and where we can do things to the best for our fans, the safest way for our performers and and uh, crew. Uh, that's what we will do. Next, we'll move to Jason Powell with ProWrestling.net. Hey, Paul. How are you? Hey, Jason. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thank you. Um, you mentioned in a CBS interview that the allegations made against Patrick Clark were looked into. There's an online accuser who seems to offer some compelling evidence, and he said that no one from the company has reached out to him. Nia Jax has also had some online negativity in response to what you said. Can you talk about the investigative steps that you guys took? And for that matter, is anyone going to reach out to this accuser? Did you consider this matter closed, or is it still open? So obviously we take all of these things very seriously, allegations, misconduct um, of any nature. We take very seriously. Uh, I'll stand by what I said on CBS. We looked into it, didn't find anything there um, in the manner that, we, that you know, we're, what we're looking for and, and um, we've moved on. But it doesn't change the fact that we take it seriously. If there's something else there, we'll look into it. Um, that goes across the board for anybody, but you know, uh, I'll work, uh, we've already talked about it, so I'd, I'd rather just uh, just move on to other topics. Thank you. Next, we have Mike Johnson with uh, PWInsider.com. Hey, Paul, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm hanging in there. Um, so there's been a lot of talk, obviously, about the return of fans via the Thunderdome. But the one thing everybody's kind of waiting with bated breath for is some sort of timeline as to when WWE might be able to tour again. With NXT, it's especially fascinating to me, since unless it's a takeover, in many cases it's smaller buildings. What sort of research has been done and what sort of preparations or ideas have been done to kind of prepare NXT for when there is a time to go back on the road and run some of these smaller buildings in Florida or places like Poughkeepsie? 
which are older and don't have the facilities of like a Madison Square Garden or a Barclays Center? Like what sort of research does the company put into that? It's, it's a constant, you know, they're constant. We are constantly looking into everything that we can do, whether that's, um, you know, having fans for television, whether that's having fans for live events, whether that is having, uh, you know, virtual fans. When, when we get to a point that we feel or that the world is at a point where it feels that it can return to those type of public gatherings safely and in a meaningful way, um, for everybody involved, whether that be our talent, our you know, our crew and or fans, then we'll address it. But we, we look into every option at all times. It's a never ending uh never ending search right now to try to get back to what we do. I know with uh here in New York there's a with malls they won't they won't let them reopen until they're retrofitted with ultraviolet scrubbing of air conditioning and things like that. Is there possibly technology that you guys are tracking down that maybe you can take on the road and add to the road crew in terms of bringing things into some of these buildings to assist with the environment? Yeah, look, as I said, we're looking into every conceivable um, avenue. And, you know, it, it, I mean, it includes everything. So, you know, the, the, the science that backs all of this up, the products that are out there, you have to look into, they have to be... Um, legitimate so we look into everything and when something comes up that we feel that is we can do this in a reasonably or a a reasonable manner and that is safe and foremost for everybody involved then then that's what we'll do all right i really appreciate the time thanks and uh hope have a good show this weekend thank you man next we'll move to connor casey with comicbook.com hey honor appreciate you doing this today um the, uh, there's there's been some news this morning regarding Renee Young. I know there's only so much you can say about it right now, uh, but in general, what has she meant uh, to you and to the company as a whole these past eight years? Yeah, but we don't we won't I won't comment on on that status, and you know I'll let Renee uh, deal with that on her term. But as far as her as a, a person and as a, a part of WWE, it's been awesome. And, and, uh, she has been a a large part of this. I've personally enjoyed working with her tremendously. And, um, it's been awesome to see her do and attack different things within the company and, and try different roles. And, you know, and I thought she's done an amazing job with all of them. Um, so, you know, I'll let her handle the rest of it, but as far as your contributions, they've been, they've been awesome. We'll move next to Tony Maglio with a wrap. Hey, Joel. Thanks for this. My uh, NXT questions have already been asked, so if you'll indulge me, I got a little bit obsessed, obsessed, excuse me, with um, the idea of SummerSlam on a boat, those reports, uh, you know, thoughts of Lex Luger helicoptering in to slam Yokozuna on a yacht sort of thing for me. I'm curious if you could tell us how realistic of an option that ever was did you guys looked into it and ultimately as much as I think the Thunderdome idea is awesome. Why no SummerSlam on a boat? <laughs> so every option was looked into, um, was that, uh, I think that, that, uh, that option had about as much chance as all the other options. Um, everything was looked into, um, across the board of, of any way that we can come back, uh, to doing what we do safely 
and and uh, in the best way possible. So, um, you know, as you can imagine, things in a boat aren't quite so easy. I would imagine, uh, you know, even even just the motion of the water, or everything else. You know, so there's 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 issues with everything across the board. I think that when you see the Thunderdome concept, when you see SmackDown, when you see SummerSlam in that environment, um, I think you're going to understand why we went in the direction we did. It's spectacular. I think it's um, different than anything anybody else is doing out there, the level of it. Um, you know, I think you have read or, or heard stuff that Kevin Dunn has said about it. Uh, you know, one thing about Kevin's team they never cease to amaze me. So usually when they tell me something is going to be spectacular and then I see it in person, I'm like, wow, you completely undersold it. Uh, so, you know, I, I think when you get there and you see it, uh, you will understand why we went in the direction we did. Because even even if you did it on a boat, there's there's no fans. There's no, um, there's, there's nobody there, you know, and I, and I think that, so that weighs in as a factor as well. Thanks, Paul. Have a great show. Thank you. Next, we'll move to Nick Houseman with Wrestling Incorporated. Hi, Paul. Thank you very much for taking the time today. Sure. Thank you. Um, I want to ask you about NXT alumni Lars Sullivan, who's been sharing some workout videos recently. It has a lot of fans thinking he may be ready for a return. Do you have any update on Lars and where we could maybe see him next, maybe back in NXT? You know, to be honest, I uh, you telling me that he's been putting out uh, workout videos online is the first I hear of that. So um, I, I have not I have not seen those. I, to be honest, uh, don't have an update on that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, then yeah. can I ask can I ask a quick follow up then, real quick? Is that all right? Yeah. No, you can actually ask a question. I didn't have since I didn't have an answer to that one. Go ahead and ask another one. No, that's fine. Uh, another question I had was, uh, you know, there's been reports that Randy Orton's been interested in working with several NXT talent. I mean, obviously he's on a tear right now. Has there been any talks of bringing in Orton to work with NXT, kind of like Charlotte did? Yeah, I mean, look, there's always conversations around stuff. Um, you know, whether it's it's uh, people coming down to NXT, whether it's uh, NXT talent uh, making a shift there and, and doing something there, there's always conversations. But when when you're doing uh, seven hours of live content every week and dealing with it in this environment where that at any given moment things can shift and talent can can move or or you know not be available or whatever, um, it it it's a domino effect. So so changing things and and trying to build in things to different days is very very difficult and and a lot more challenging than people would. Uh, would think I, you know, so while those options are always there and always discussed, getting them to fruition at this point in time sometimes is a little bit more difficult. But I, I can tell you this: Randy's a little bit more public about it, um, and you know, uh, puts it out on social and things like that. But I, I, I field calls all day long about uh, talent wanting to do something in NXT and vice versa. So it's it's there's a constant there. People see talent. You know, I, I know it from my end as a performer. When you see talent and, you, you know, you see somebody that's really good and, and it piques your interest, you think, oh, I'd like to work with them. You know, and, and that's what Randy's doing. Okay, cool. Thank you, Paul. Best of luck this weekend. Thank you. Next, we'll move to Dave Meltzer with Wrestling Observer. 
Hey, Paul, how you doing? Hey, Dave. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I was going to ask, actually, almost everything I had in my notes has already been asked, but one, one thing, um, you've been doing TV now uh, pretty much live, but every week, you know, every week for about ten and a half months. And as far as ratings and just doing television in that type of a schedule, what, what are like the biggest lessons that you've learned about producing these shows? And also, um, what, um, is, is there going to be a new um, head writer for NXT? So as 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 far as the the writing of NXT goes, you know we we, we shift around a little bit um, as as things happen. I, we, I won't necessarily comment on uh, people that aren't aren't necessarily talent for us, um, but we have a team that works with uh, NXT that includes Shawn Michaels and Brian James, myself. So it's it's a a group, um, and, and the ideas all go through that. So. Um, it's really business as usual for us. Um, as far as um, lessons learned, yeah, I mean, look, there, there's a dramatic difference between um, doing tape television, doing live television, doing one hour of live television versus two hours. Um, I can tell you that three is exponentially harder than that. It, it's there's there's lessons everywhere. I think the biggest difficulty for us has been in in this time frame is just the shifting of everything. You know, um, COVID has really made doing all of this, in a way, exponentially harder. You have moments and times where things change um, at nobody's, you know, you, you can have the best stuff written and then you're you're waiting to see if any of it can take place. And um, when you have multiple brands and it can move people around and there's been numerous times where you know, we have great plans for something. And then there's a moment where that person has to um, go to a different brand for whatever reason, you know, uh, injury, whatever it is. And it, it changes everything. So the difficulty of dealing with that and also the difficulty of just not having fans there, keeping the energy level up for talent, which they've done a phenomenal job of, um, you know, anybody in this, industry that is going out there in a business where we do what we do for that reaction. It's everything we do. It's, it's not like a sport where you look, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to win this game and I don't care if people like it, don't like it. I'm just going to tune everything out and go do it. Um, it's the exact opposite of that. And, and you're doing everything for that reaction and that reaction isn't there or it's very small or is, you know, very few people, whatever that is, it changes the game dramatically and keeping talent, especially young talent that aren't necessarily used to that. And you've spent a lot of time teaching them to work towards that crowd and that performance level. And then it all changes for them. So it, it, that aspect of it has been incredibly difficult. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with where we are. I'm really happy with everything we're doing, the talents level of engagement, talents level. Of, and you know, I think for the most part, when I when I look at our roster, I, I see all the success at the top, and then where I'm even more excited is in the middle of, of all the people that are coming into their own in this extremely difficult environment and still knocking it out of the park and, and becoming something more um, every single week. You see the depth of our women's division. You see the depth of our of our roster across the board in NXT, and, and that is exciting to me. And, you know, what's, what's also very exciting to me is being able to get back to training because we haven't really been able to do that 
in in the environment that we were in, TV is one thing. Um, getting them in a ring to train and 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 have that level of strength and conditioning and training week to week basis, um, we we haven't been doing that, and we just got back to that. We have a, a a secondary facility that we're using with everybody moving out of the PC that'll come back into play. So, um, you know, now for us to be able to get everybody back into you know, the day-to-day improving. They've, they've been sitting in some manner in neutral for six months, you know, um, and we do everything that we can to help them continue to improve. Uh, but it's it's virtual. It's, it's you know, us just talking to them. It's not in there doing it. And, and that's really now, I think, now it's a different game. And now we can get back to doing what we do in that manner safely, testing everybody, doing everything we can to make them stay safe. But... Um, that that part of it is very exciting. Thanks. Um, have a good show. Thanks, Dave. Thank you very much. Next, we move to Sean Ross Sack with Fightful. Hey, Sean. Hey, thank, thanks for taking the time. Uh, we, we've heard about maybe some mentalities and processes in the past about wrestlers going from NXT to Raw or SmackDown. How has that changed since you all landed on prime time on cable TV? Because I'm sure it's Nice to have some of those wrestlers move to Raw and SmackDown, but you all also have your own prime time two-hour TV slot to to worry about now. Yeah, and and um, that de- that definitely has changed that that mindset, right? Where there's there's different um, protocol and procedures around. Hey, we'd l- we'd like to move this talent. We'd like to do that, and you'll see that coming up in the draft, and um, you know later in the year, and you know. You you definitely have to think about it a lot more and and think about those changes. But I think long term, it's better for everybody. It's it's the opportunity to um, somebody wears, you know, has their their uh, their run in SmackDown or their run in Raw. They can come back and and totally change gears in a in a brand that feels totally different with a bit of a different style in NXT. Uh, maybe refresh and go someplace else to get a the fresh coat of paint. Maybe they're doing something that didn't work. Maybe they want to try something completely different. You know, when, when you see talent um, that have been in the same company, and I, and I go back to the beginning of my career, to me, when I came into WWE and I would talk to Undertaker early and, and he'd talk about that being that been in the company for five or six years, that was unthinkable to me. Like, it, it just was like, unreal that somebody could be that long in one place in one company and still be successful. And it was, you know, hard to believe. And now you have a lot of talent that have been in the company for 10 years, 15 years, whatever. Um, I think to have that ability to move around, refresh, uh, put a a fresh coat of paint on something, start over with a different character or a different uh, take on who they are. I think that's important for everybody. And, And I think this opens up the door for them to be able to do that because like you said, everybody having their own prime time live spot, the brands all become important in their own right. And you can't, uh, you can't just take away from one, um, you know, to, to support the other, you, you have to support all of them. Thank you. Thanks, John. We'll next move to James Russellone with Miami Herald. Hey, congratulations on NXT TakeOver 30. Awesome accomplishment. Thank you. Want to talk about Karrion Cross? What does he bring to the table? 
And also, to follow up a little bit on the brands, does having him and Keith Lee or any of the talent, because Karrion's been there a few months, and I know he's wrestled for six-plus years, but uh, with him and with others, is the mindset, hey, if we have a chance and they're ready, let's have these big matches as soon as we can rather than wait because we might lose them to Raw or SmackDown? Well, I, I think, so, one, let's go to Karrion. Um, you know, he's a, a phenomenal talent. I've seen him for a long time. Thought he had just, he, he just got a charisma and an aura about him to me um, when I've seen him in other places, even just in bits and pieces where you weren't really seeing the deep dive into, into who or what he was. You were really just seeing kind of him uh, performing, but you could sense that X factor and that, uh, that character. And to me, that's still King, no matter what anybody says. Um, about any other aspect of the business, charisma and, and that X factor is king um, for any talent. And he has that and then some. You know, uh, the learning curve is is steep when you get to, to the WWE and to NXT, and, and it's a different product. It, it really is. It, there's a, a television component to this that is different from anything else, and I, I believe it's why you see difference in performers that have been here um, from anywhere else, uh, that, that's just the facts. And, um, he's a sponge for the business and for learning it. And it's one of my, it's, you know, one of the things about him, he's constantly asking questions and he is a sponge. Um, his improvement rate and growth rate has been incredible just since walking through the door, much like Keith, you know, I think, um, Everybody has their own pathway, and it also depends on the moment in times of when they're walking in the door. It's not about um, getting to things faster. It's about getting to them, one, in the most meaningful way possible for them and for the fans, but also knowing where you're going long term. Uh, as you mentioned, across the brands, and you know, if, if you know, not in this instance, but if you know somebody is leaving or you know somebody is doing something else or whatever that is, you, you look at it differently and, and how you want to move across those, those storylines. When, when, you know, I've used the example of Matt Riddle, when we knew um, when that, when that move uh, happened to SmackDown, you know, we had the advance notice to know we, we booked accordingly, got to a place, you know, we're able to do the fight bit with him and Thatcher and then, went out on a spectacular note and, and it was great for him and great for everybody else. So those are the goals is, is really to do things in the, in the most meaningful way possible for everybody across the board, but also not rushing talent and not putting them in positions where, and, and this is always hard for everybody to understand and for them to understand, but you, you have to make a judgment call of when, when they're ready to handle things in the best way possible. You want everybody to succeed in the biggest way possible and give them the opportunity to succeed. So if you feel like, uh, man, I could put them in this right now, but it's a bit risky on, on this factor. Let's clear that up. Let's, let's get them where we're comfortable with all of that and then do it. And it'll be that much bigger so that they have every tool in their tool bag to, to knock it out of the park when they get the opportunity. Hey, thank you, Paul. Next we'll move to Justin Labar with, Busted Open Radio, Sirius XM. Hey, Joseph. Hey, Paul. Um, so every Thursday, the 
television numbers come out and, you know, there's one side of the coin, people looking at, you know, who has the most viewership on Wednesday nights uh, with you know, the Ghost of Pro Wrestling. And then it's no, it's not viewership. It's the 18 to 49 key demo. Then no, it's, 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 it's who was in what quarter hours. Um, it's kind of become a funny, comical thing to watch every Thursday to see fans and fan bases go back and forth. Uh, where do you stand? What do you interpret? What are you focused on? What, 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 what do you deem success? Well, I'm focused on NXT, really. And, and it's a funny thing because, yeah, you see all the chatter and you see people arguing and they're like, geez. I guess for some, for a lot of people, it's just it's a part of that, that argument and that level of engagement. I mean, thank God they do. They're interested in, in – in the industry and the product and everything else. So the, the arguments about it are passionate and, um, as you said, entertaining, um, at the end of the day, for me, it's just, it's about our product and our fans. We, we put out the best product we can. Um, you hope fans enjoy it and you hope they want to watch. And, and that's really what you do. And if you're putting out a great fun product and fans want to watch it, um, phenomenal. If they're not, then you got to rethink it and you got to go in a different direction. So we, we look at the breakdown of, of things much differently. You know, obviously you want the shows to be successful, um, but you're, you're looking at the, the numbers and, and what worked, what didn't, why little, little trends of different things between, you know, did, did these segments drop off when we went to this? Did it, did it pick up when it went to that for small reasons, not necessarily always the, you know, people just jump to the biggest conclusion they can. Oh, this number went down. That towel's not over. So many, there's so many variables and factors in this, which is why people can argue about it from beginning of the morning till the end of the day. They can just go back and forth and argue, and you can make arguments one way. You can make arguments another. Have at it. Um, I don't worry about those arguments. I don't worry about the conversations. I don't worry about all that other stuff. I worry about NXT and making the best product possible. How are the talent uh, performing? What can we do better? How can we write better shows? How can we tell better storylines? Um, what people are, you know, enjoying and what they're not. And I'll be honest with you, um, I can't wait. The, the the fans of the WWE Universe are fans. It is why we do what we do. And having them in an arena to let you know what they love and they don't love, that's your true, uh, that's your true barometer social, um, you know, the, the, all those, the digital the interactions, you know, there, there's so many factors to that and so much negativity to it. And then just people arguing, it's, it's hard to, to, to filter through everything. The, the true reactions are when you're in arenas and you have fans and uh, they can tell you what they think, what they like, what they don't like. That's the true reaction. So, you know, I, I can't express to you how much I miss that. You know, uh, years ago we put out the the video where uh, Daniel Bryan walked into the empty arena. Who would have ever thought, right? And and to some degree, um, that's where we are. Cannot wait to get them back and and let them tell us so we can deliver to them exactly what they want. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the time and uh, have a good one this weekend. Thank you, man. Hey guys, we have time for a few more questions. We haven't gotten any international uh, questions yet. Operator, are you able to to pull one or two international outlets? Uh yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, let me go to Miguel Yucinda with Mundo Deportivo. Hello. 
Magal, your line is open. Please go ahead. Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Uh, some of the NXT talents were called up to Monday Night Raw to compete on Raw on the ground. Will that be something useful from now on? And could you explain us the process of deciding who's moving there or not? Yeah, I think Raw, Raw Underground is, is a unique environment, and I think that a lot of it is um, a unique opportunity for certain talent that have a, a, a particular skill set to show off a little bit more of what they can do. And I don't necessarily mean that they have to be, you know, uh, have a legitimate shoot fight background, but they, but they can handle that that different style, and um, it's a it's a very cool opportunity. And I don't necessarily believe that, as you've seen over the coming weeks or the the last few weeks, that uh, you know seeing a, seeing a talent on Raw Underground means they are now a Raw talent or anything else. I think there's opportunities for people to come in and crisscross and have a moment in time where they. Uh, they do well in a different environment or they don't do well in that different environment and, and see what happens. But all those things are great opportunities to expose um, a, a large audience to new talent and their skill sets um, and, and, and see where that goes. So it, it, for me, I, I like it and it's a, a unique opportunity. Uh, and anytime you can give someone an opportunity, it's great. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you. Next, we'll move to Raul Sadu with Indian Express. Hi, Paul. Hey, Raul. So, uh, my question is, uh, keeping the larger picture in mind, uh, without any crowd reactions, without any adrenaline rush, you know, how difficult has it been for the talent to prepare mentally? For not only talent for everybody associated with I think it's it's difficult. You know, it's um, and as a performer, there is no bigger um, adrenaline rush or you know, it's it's why you do what you do. That crowd, that rush of excitement, that energy that they give you, it's why you do what they do um, or why you do what you do. Um, you know, you can't really put into to words how much that means as a performer. So to be able to go out there and create that in and of yourself, to create that in your own mindset, the excitement, the, the energy level, the, um, the just that, that, impact of what you're doing, the gravity of what you're doing, the urgency of what you're doing, to create that in yourself is incredibly difficult. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've watched matches over the year that, it, it, you know, over the years, and, and when I was coming up um, and was watching matches for myself, I used to turn the sound off a lot. Um, to not have commentary and not have crowd noise, to see where people were, were um doing different things and the energy levels and the changes, the gear changes, all those different things within the business. To me, that's a big learn factor. And, and then watching it back with the sound on and, and seeing what drove them to do different things. Um, you know, you gear what you do towards that crowd. And when there isn't one there, it's tough because you're trying to create that in your own mind and react to it accordingly. So it's been extremely difficult, but my hat is off to everybody 
men, women, everybody across the board on what we do, even, even commentary teams and, and, um, you know, ring announcers, everything. It, it, they're bringing their own energy every week, not in a perfect scenario. This isn't, you know, it's not the product you want to be able to give everybody. But everybody is, in my opinion, knocking it out of the park to give fans the best that they can. And, and I know there's a lot of, you know, people talk about a lot of things, but everything that we are doing is to try to deliver to our fans um, a product that, that they can enjoy and, and um, you know, going to extraordinary lengths to continue to provide that for them. Um, everything we're doing is for them, uh, whether they want to think that or not. That is why we do what we do every single day um, is, is to have them be able to enjoy it, to put a smile on their face, to let them forget about everything that's going on in the world and to just – just kick back, kick back and, and relax and enjoy what I consider to be the greatest form of entertainment in the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, we'll get two more international calls. I'm sorry, we'll get two more international calls, then we'll wrap up for closing comments. Thank you. All right, thank you. We'll move next to Alistair McGeorge with Metro UK. Uh, hi, Paul. How's it going? Good, sir. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. You spoke really highly at the top of the call about Pat McAfee, and I was just wondering, could this match lead to something more long-term or permanent for him in the ring? And also, how do you kind of assess his early potential compared to other crossover talent? We'll we'll see, obviously. Um, you know, Pat is an amazing athlete. I think he uh, he said it in, in one of the interviews he did where he said, like, this is like the... You know, he's, he's made millions of dollars in seven different professions. And, you know, he's a, a guy that was an incredibly high-level athlete at, of professional sports that ended up uh, getting offered a ton of money to to be a kicker in the NFL and took it. Yeah. Um, he grew up a WWE fan and always dreamed about doing this. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. I'll be honest with you, when I first met Pat and, uh, you know, uh, he came to some shows and we talked and talked to him about doing some stuff with us and, and doing some, you know, the pre-shows and some commentary. I, I didn't understand his level of fan, uh, you know, that he grew up being. I didn't understand his level of desire to actually do this and to not only, you know, he, he wasn't looking to come in and just, oh, you know, I'll just be a little part of it or something like that like like a, a celebrity so he was looking to come in and be a wwe superstar he was looking to have an opportunity and avenue for that um here he is we'll see where that goes i can tell you this i've 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 seen a video i've i've watched him train now he's a natural he is athletically gifted um in a way that very few people are and you know that's for the last However many years, um, you know, not not even counting my in-ring career, it's just watching talent, right? And and through the process of recruiting and everything else, seeing people, I, I see very few people that come in as athletically gifted as he is. Um, on top of that, even if you didn't know that, you go like, wow, his charisma and his personality are off the chart. Um, it, you know, his gift of gab, it's getting him to stop talking. That's the issue. <laughs> not getting him started. Um, 
you know, he, he all the tools are there. What he does with them is on him, right? So uh, where this goes, I, I can't 100% say, but uh, the reason I'm putting him in that spot, the reason why he, he's doing this with us in NXT, um, where the level of performance is, is what matters. Um, and the scrutiny will be different, right? That, that there's a reason why he's doing it there. Cause I believe that he has that skill set and the avail- ability to do it. Now, that being said, he's working with the, probably the most gifted guy, um, or at least one of for sure, but maybe the most gifted guy in our roster. And if I was going to say, uh, you know, who would I say can, can, uh, can pull a, a great match out of anybody. It's, it's Adam Cole. So um, I'm looking forward to this being spectacular on both their sides. I know they both want it to be. And um, I think you're going to see something special where that goes. You know, it, it also depends on Patty. He's got a lot of, he got a lot of irons and a lot of fires and a lot of opportunity out there, but I know he's very hungry for this and uh, looking forward to making this something special. Fantastic. I chose for your time a good luck this weekend. Thank you very much. We'll move next to Nims Azur with SEN Radio Australia. Hey, Nim. Hey, Hunter. Hey, Hunter. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm going fantastically. Really going for NXT this weekend. Uh, I want to focus on one talent that uh, we in Australia have had our eyes on for a long time, and I know that you've had your eyes on to considering the amount of Aussies that are in NXT, but Bronson Reed, he's going to be in a, in a ladder match for the NXT North American Championship. This is probably one of the biggest matches for an Australian superstar since Buddy Murphy's original run in NXT. Uh, what's your thoughts of Bronson from what you think? Because he doesn't look like your, your prototype sort of superstar. He's a very different looking cat, but uh, what are your thoughts when you first saw him and, how he sort of progressed from day one in NXT to where he is before his takeover debut. So I, I love the, so it's funny you say like, he's not the, the prototypical uh, look or whatever. Like I love, that's what I love about it. It's, it's not the same. Like I love the differences in everybody and not looking for uh, one model, not looking for one model of, of what people look like, talk like, how they perform in the ring. We want them to be themselves and and do their own thing. But it's it's hard when they walk through the door. There's a, they, you know, there's a preconceived expectation of what we're looking for sometimes. And as much as you say, uh, you know, come on, let let go. I've seen you do this before you came here. Let go and be yourself. It's hard to get people to do that um, because they think they believe they know what you want and and uh, what everything that's being looked for. There's uh, a lot of factors that go into this intimidation factors of, of walking in the door, performing on a different platform, uh, you know, leaving home, coming into a, a completely different country, different world, all those things that they're all factors in people's um, success rate and their speed. But at the same point in time, while he's had every tool and, and gift there, you want to, you want it to be when he is ready to be able to, uh, to utilize all those things and be able to succeed in the biggest way possible. So if he's uncomfortable, if he's not quite there in his own mind or whatever that is, um, you, you give little bits and pieces and see how it goes. He's there now. He's ready. Um, it's amazing to me 
it's funny. There's another guy that a similar thing. Keith Lee and I were talking about it the other day and, uh, Keith, you know, he was in the ring doing something and Keith and I looked at him and Keith said, man, I'm so proud of him. Like he's really come into his own in this brand and recently, you know, and it, it is, it, it takes a minute for you to, um, to realize that I think, and everybody has their own time frame of that, but then to come into your own in the environment and, and really become comfortable with it. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I go back to the story Stone Cold Steve Austin used to tell all the time about, you know, Vince standing at the curtain and and watching somebody work and Steve putting him over and then Vince saying to Steve, like, yeah, I really hope that guy, I hope he gets over, you know, and it dawning on Steve that what he means, I'm going to give him the opportunity. Let's see what he does with it. Um, that's what a lot about, the, a lot of this is, is it's about that opportunity and, and what can you do with it? And, um, you know, for the guy, a guy like Bronson now, as he's getting that opportunity, man, he is just knocking it out of the park every single week. And, uh, you know, his future's bright to me. It's, it's, um, can't say enough good stuff about him. And I'm excited this, this Saturday, you know, he's one of those guys that, uh, at, at, uh, at way up into the 300 pound range, climbing a, uh, an eight or a 10 or a 12 foot ladder. And, and, uh, it's not the climb, it's the coming down part that uh, that gets a bit skiffy, but he can do all of that stuff. So where usually you look at the smaller guys and go, oh my God, there's going to be a bunch of crazy flips and all that stuff. You look at him and go like, yeah, but there's going to be a 400-pound version of that. It's a, it's a different game, and it's a, uh, he's, a, he's a game-changing talent in a lot of ways and, and uh, can't say enough good stuff about him, and he's really hit a comfort level now where I think he's ready to go and, uh, and just sky's the limit. Well, on, be- on behalf of Australia, we love what uh, you've been, how well you've been looked after, our talent and superstars there. And we've got plenty more if you need any. But uh, thanks so much yeah. for your time. And uh, fingers crossed we get to see you on our shores uh, at some point in time. Yeah, we'll, hopefully we'll be there soon. I know uh, I know you guys are a little bit more open. Uh, hopefully we'll be there soon. But uh, just so everybody there is aware, Australia is one of my favorite shopping uh, places for talent. So uh, look forward to being there soon. We'll keep that in mind. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. All right, folks, that'll wrap up today's comments call. I'm just going to turn it back over to Paul for some closing comments. Yeah, um, I want to thank everybody for the for the call and the questions, all of it. Um, you know, having this uh, ability for all of you to have an open door policy on the questions and everything like that for me is is uh, very meaningful, and thank you for doing it. I, w- I would like to, because I thought it might come up in the call and it didn't, but I would like to talk about um, – the the new uh, programming on WWE Network and the, and that is you know with Evolve and Progress and WXW and Insane Championship Wrestling just ICW coming into the mix and and us being able to put those on platforms I know there's been a lot of talk about those over the last few years um, conversations around if and when and all of that and and you see it now at a place where we're at I'm really excited about that the opportunity for these other um, promotions and um, for the ability for everybody to see young talent, up and coming talent, um, returning talent, whatever that is, but to see the different styles, the different things that we get to see on a regular basis, it's not easy to get to catch all of it. Um, We're hoping to be able to put that all into one place and, and kind of have the network, WWE network be a hub for all those things. Um, You'll see more announcements on that, I'm sure, and more opportunities for people. So, 
uh, it's a very exciting time, and, and that's something that we've been working on for a few years, and uh, and here we are now, and it's coming to fruition, and, and people seeing it. So it's very exciting for me, and them being able to put their content out there and show it to the world, because they're they're really great promotions, and um, you know uh, I'm excited to work with all of them. Um, as far as that, uh, you know, the rest of it goes. Thank you for your participation. Uh, NXT tonight should be great, leading us to NXT Takeover 30 this Saturday. I believe this is another NXT Takeover. We talk about them all the time, but uh, this is one you won't want to miss. Thank you, everybody. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.